The following podcast has been rated TVMA, NSFW, R, and NC-17, so it is not safe for kids. Put your children to bed. You spend enough time with them anyway. Chicago, it's rough out there. Not only is it negative piss off outside, but we're back in a damn lockdown because your cousin won't wear a damn mask. What I'm saying is, you're going to be using more electricity, so why not keep it clean with Hero Power? The goal is simple. Create affordable, accessible, and easy ways for more people to support clean energy. All you got to do is sign up today, and they will match 100% of your electricity use with Green E certified renewable energy certificates generated by wind farms in Illinois. Nothing changes with your service. There's nothing to install. You continue to pay ComEd. The only difference is now ComEd pays Hero Power for the supply portion of your bill, and they send that money to local wind farms. It takes less than two minutes to sign up, even less if you have your ComEd bill next to your text in hand. You can cancel at any time, no termination fees, and hey, you say you heard this from Chad the Bird, they'll take 25 bucks off your next electricity bill. That's a deal even 2021 couldn't kill. Hero Power customers have already funded over 5 million kilowatt hours of clean energy. So get in here and do your part. Go to myheropower.com right now and support clean energy while you hunker down, stay safe, and hey, keep it clean. Times are getting a little easier these days, but that don't mean taking time for yourself needs to. When you want a drink, you want to work for it. That's why I only drink Malort. Its unusual full-bodied flavor of deck varnish and viper piss is a taste savored by two-fisted drinkers. So if you think your two fists are strong enough, why not grab yourself a shot of the only booze big enough to knock some sense right back into you? Jepson's Malort. It'll kick your ass for you, so you can take time taking her easy. Proud sponsor of Chad the Birdcast, which is what you're listening to right now. Ah, come on in, weary um traveler. Welcome to the Birdcast. My name is Chad. I am a bird, and this is where you're at now. I don't know if there's any more information needed, but if there is, please email me at thebirdchad at gmail.com. I would be happy to answer any questions. How are you? Here's a question I don't need to be asked because, like, I'm in between. Like, I'm getting back out there doing more shows slowly, but, like, safely. And it looks like things are opening up a little bit again. I don't know. Maybe a little bit. But we did have some tragedies. We had some some insanities happen in the last two weeks. And uh, one of those is that we lost uh, meatloaf a day. A.K.A. Marvin Lee Day, A.K.A. Michael Lee Day, Which is, I mean, complicated. Because on one hand, Meatloaf. On the other hand, Michael Lee Day, Like, Meatloaf, who wrote this amazing stuff that I absolutely have emotional reactions to. And on the other hand, Michael Lee Day, who lived his later life being super anti-mask mandate and possibly anti-vax. And definitely not 100%, but probably died from COVID-19 because he refused to get vaccination. But that's not been proven. The family has not released how he passed away. So let's not jump to conclusions, although it's not a hard leap. And also remember that he was a climate change denier who was, like, talking about Greta Thunberg being brainwashed. And, like, he he rode out into the sun on a really rough road at the end there. So this was a complicated one because I felt like I just wanted to honor 
the meatloaf I knew, not the person he was. Because I did not know Michael Lee a day. Unfortunately, I wish I had because, man, so many songs that he performed. And then you got Jim Steinman, who is his partner and the guy that wrote all the stuff, who passed away, I think it was last year, year before, and they had a weird relationship. So, look, I don't know those guys personally, obviously. They'd be really fucking bitching if I did, but I don't. All I knew was Bad Out of Hell 1 through 3. So that's where I came from in this eulogy that I gave for Meatloaf. I don't mean to laugh at a death of a person. It's just hard to say I gave a eulogy for Meatloaf. Because in my mind, there is just an epic Thanksgiving loaf just sitting there sad in the coffin with a bow tie as we put it in the ground. But that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is we're saying goodbye to an uh, a rock god, uh, or at least the persona of one. So just remember that as you go forth into my eulogy, which is happening here in a second, which happened in front of people that some were masked, some were not. I have things to say about that, but we got to make our money and we got to get the news out there. So let's go live to the Green Mill where I, where I performed my eulogy for Meatloaf. Last uh, two weeks ago, sorry, this one's a little late. Uh, there's been a bunch of shit going on. Please follow me on TikTok if you want to know what's going down. That link is down below. Anyway, here's my eulogy for Meatloaf, already in progress. I can't promise that you like me. Go downhill. I can't promise that you love me, but you probably will. I can't promise you forever, baby. Is that just way too long? Gather round, ye rock and rollers, ye sweaty masters of licks and jams. You of savory bars, you of blistered bridges. You bleeding finger busking wizards of the fill, and hark unto me, for one has left this world, rocketing into the altar plane on flames and fire, and honor must be paid, for tribute is demanded whence one offers such righteous tunage, and our tithing must be equal, and what better way to tithe than for remembrance? So, raise your glasses, not now, like in a minute, I got some shit to say. <laughs> Inglorious tribute of that which was meatloaf. It is a tricky thing memorializing your heroes because, like, they're people, man, and people suck, okay? <laughs> you want to think of them as Greek gods, impossibly strong, larger than the sky, capable of making lightning and thunder from nothing and moving the sun, but, like, also Zeus was a creep. He did some fucked up shit to women, he ate his kids. And he probably would have been kicked off a plane for not wearing a mask. So, like, <laughs> never meet your gods, I guess. Like, I did not know Marvin Lee a day, a.k.a. Michael Lee a day, a.k.a. Meatloaf a day. Why did he call himself Meatloaf? There are many legends. One being that when he was born in Dallas, his father, who was an alcoholic ever since he got back from World War II, suggested that the doctors put meat on his crib because when Meatloaf was born, he was bright red and, quote, looked like nine pounds of ground chuck. <laughs> He'd go on to play defensive tackle for the Thomas Jefferson Rebels, and he got the nickname ML because of his initials, 
And then that became Meatloaf because he was a big guy, okay? What are you gonna do? It works. I only knew the entity he became. Because that's what our heroes truly are to us. Entities that activate us and cause us to reflect parts of ourselves that we fucking dig. So when I say we are here to remember Meatloaf, I mean the meatloaf that birthed Paradise by the Dashboard Lights with Jim Steinman in 1976 in the back of a Honda Civic. Which he did drive at the time and did not in fact have enough room to quote, be barely 17 and barely dressed, body so close, body so tight, glowing like metal on the edge of a knife. Like it's just not physically ideal is what I'm saying. He moved to L.A. after three months of isolation after his mom died. When he got there, he formed his first band, Meatloaf Soul, and he opened for Van Morrison and Question Mark and the Mysterions in 1968 at a place called The Cave, where they famously used so much fog during their cover of Howlin' Wolf's Smokestack Lightning that the club had to be cleared out. They changed their name to Popcorn Blizzard and the Floating Circus because the 70s were weird, okay? That band opened for The Who, The Stooges, MC5, and The Grateful Dead. They had a single called Once Upon a Time, and then Meatloaf joined the LA production of Hair. For those keeping score, he has gone from like Dallas football Hank Hill to full on naked long locks singing in hair. It's the American dream, man. After that, Motown Records came to him, and he and Sean Stoney Murphy started a duo called Stoney and Meatloaf which, incidentally, is what I am doing tonight. 1972. <laughs> Meatloaf goes back to Broadway with hair, and he meets his future partner in glorious rock and roll crime, Jim Steinman, and they start writing Bad Out of Hell. 1973. He gets cast in the original L.A. Roxy cast of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like a... Uh, goth drag clown musical about aliens at a haunted New Year's Eve party? At least that's what I remember. I was pretty tanked. <laughs> Rocky Horror becomes a movie. He comes back as Eddie. He leaves theater to focus on his music, but then National Lampoon's Broadway show Lemmings needs an understudy for his bud John Belushi. So he goes back for that show and he meets Ellen Foley, who would go on to record that legendary part on Paradise by the Dashboard Lights where said bodies were about to go, quote, all the way, but she has to make sure she's gonna love her forever. You see, Meatloaf mostly did songs about road signs, riding hot motorcycles away from your problems, and fucking in cars. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> Jim Snyman and Meatloaf shop Bat Out of Hell around, but nobody wants it, because it was too wild for civil release in the 70s. <laughs> Have you ever heard anything from the 70s? You can get a Coke bump by smelling the vinyl. <laughs> Finally, Todd Rundgren hears about Bad Out of Hell. He loves it and he produces it in 1977. Side fun fact, music nerds. The motorcycle growl at the end of Bad Out of Hell is not a motorcycle. It's Todd Rundgren on his guitar. There, now you learned something. <laughs> Tim and Meat form Neverland Express to tour Bet Out of Hell, and he gets famous being on Saturday Night Live, breaks his leg, and finishes the tour in a wheelchair. Bat Out of Hell goes on to sell 43 million copies globally, making it one of the best-selling albums of all time. And seriously, if your babysitter never played that for you when you were seven, are you even from the 80s? 
13 years later, many adventures and health problems because he was just too much for one human body to contain. Jim and me create Bat Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell, which gives us the greatest driving on a highway rock and roll song ever scribed by human beings in the history of Earth and that which Meatloaf is most known for for anyone under the age of 50 and his absolute masterpiece, I Will Do Anything For Love. And before you fucking start with me, the thing he will not do is the shit he says in the verse before, okay? It's in the fucking song. I don't have time for this shit. And if you have to ask, you already know. After that, it's kind of what it is. He makes songs about bikers and babes going all the way, bars, beers, and bacon cheeseburgers with album covers that look like the greatest fucking D&D campaign ever devised. <laughs> In all of his 12 studio albums, every guitar solo is a gasoline fire. Every saxophone doesn't just join in, it screams. Every vocal measure, pure teenage adrenaline, both Broadway drama and heavy rock and roll fused and forged in an iron smelt of hormones and passion that comes from this drunk leather werewolf soul that once cleared a club with too much fog juice back in 1960 fucking eight. That is the meatloaf that gave me life in my hardest times. And that is the meatloaf I want to honor right now because that meatloaf left this earth on a fucking silver black phantom, metal hot, engine hungry, restless and reckless, bleeding Chuck Berry red on Les Paul, on Humbuck, on Strato and Caster. And I heard him exclaim as he rode off into the moonlight, I love you, but you got a hell of a lot to learn about rock and roll. But he was also a human. He lived his later life anti-mask mandate, maybe anti-vax, possibly so much that he did die from COVID-19, climate change denying, and he called Greta Thunberg a brainwashed idiot for caring about Earth. So that must be said as we turn another year into this pandemic. But we're gonna raise a glass in honor of the songs, so epic that a meatloaf ballad can be used as a measure of time. A force impossibly strong, larger than the sky, capable of making lightning and thunder from nothing that broke my heart and smelted it back together so many times that it's now basically steel. That's who we're drinking to right now. Because our heroes are gods that activate us and cause us to reflect parts of ourselves that we fucking dig. And they're also humans who kind of suck. But two out of three ain't bad. I love you. Good night. Chad the Bird. Ah, so many conflicting emotions. Special thanks to the Barrera Kudas for their kick-ass song, Promises. That's what you hear on the back end. Thank you to Jepsons Malore and Hero Power for sponsoring me all these years. Thank you to Jacob Serio for recording. And thank you to you for listening. Sorry this one was a little late. Like I said, find me on my little link tree down below and join the Chad experience because there's a lot coming up. We're starting to get real fucking serious in February. We have new stuff you can buy, new shows coming up, new things. Oh, bud, you've no idea. It's so busy. Anyway, thank you for coming to the Birdcast, Traveler. Please make your way out through the gift shop and buy some overpriced dumb stuff or some underpriced great stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
Or just get like gum. I mean, I could use some gum. I give up.